believe God's a healer tonight. Praise the Lord. You know, I was reading in Daniel today, and there was a, a line that I'm sure I've read it just, but it seemed to stand out today that where it, it talked about why Daniel was delivered. And of course, we all would say, well, he had faith in God, but. You know, it just says it really plain, says that God delivered him because he believed in God. Just, and I got to thinking, boy, there's a lot of great things that can happen for us in this life if we will just believe in God. It, there'll be some hard things. We, we face a lot of things. I've said this before. God's people are tough, really. I said, we're tough. You know, we face some things that should make us stop, that should make us quit, that should make us give up and throw in the towel. But because we believe in God, you know, the, the book of Hebrews elaborates a little bit where that they, those that had faith, stopped the mouth of lions. And so uh, I know tonight that if somebody threw me into a pit full of lions, I would probably be very fearful for my life. Uh, but I believe God could keep me just like he did Daniel. Now, that's probably never going to happen. <laughs> you know, that's, but there will be other things that I will feel like if God doesn't come through, this is the end. But God will come through if we believe in him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Daniel was simply doing what he had always done. The Bible said he had, uh, there was a degree by the king saying, can't make a petition to anybody else but but him for 30 days and Daniel when he knew that that law was passed he said he still prayed three times a day as he always had he was just doing what he knew to do and served God and it landed him in a den full of lions sometimes just doing your very best you will still find yourself in places that you don't want to be but if you believe God you can come out if you believe God, you'll see they put him in there for a night. It got real dark when they, they didn't send him a, you know, a lamp or anything or a flashlight with him, a candle. Nothing. We don't want you to be comfortable. We expect you to be dead. That's what they were expecting. They rolled the stone over him. It was dark. I don't even know if there were any windows, anything, any light at all, just pitch black dark listening to the sound of lions walk around you. Can you imagine how terrifying that could be? Imagine if you was out in the dark jungle and all of a sudden you heard a lion. It'd be pretty terrifying. Well, I'm telling you, God will bring you through the night. He'll bring you through the darkest part. Uh, and, and the things that are in that dark that could tear you to pieces. If you believe God, God's able to bring you out. I believe it. Amen. Come on, give the Lord another hand clap of praise. He can do it. for the Lord tonight. Man, he's a great God. I'm going to flip-flop some scriptures. I don't know who's uh, doing scriptures tonight, uh, but I'm not going to start with the first one. I'm going to start with, the, I think, probably the last two. I gave you Psalm 37, 23, and 24, and then I'll jump to these other ones. Psalm 37, 23, and 24 tonight. Thankful to the Lord. Love this passage of scripture so much. One of my favorites. 
Psalm 37, 23 says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Man, I love that. And to, tonight, will I don't know, it, it'll tag real good to Sunday's message about get up and get out, but resurrection power that we get from the Lord. But tonight, I'm going to just go back to those two words, get up, get up. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Lord, we love you so much and so thankful for your word. God, tonight I pray you'll open our mind and our understanding, open our hearts to receive your word, to feel your spirit. Lord, let it be confirmed in us. Let it encourage us, strengthen us, make us better. Lord, we want to be ready to meet you when you come. We want to be victorious in this world. So help us tonight through your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. If you'd give him one more hand clap of praise before you're seated tonight. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. I want to say that it is just really great to see Sister Maureen and her daughter tonight. Glad they're here. And we just uh, have prayed for this precious lady and glad to see her again. And uh, Maybe she'd just get Georgia on her mind. Uh, we're just glad all of our visitors out of here tonight that seen some come in. Glad you're here. Glad to have you tonight. Uh, get up. There's a lot of uh, things that can happen if we will just get up. You know, we start the day by getting up or whatever part of what you're doing. Whenever you go to sleep, your activities, your job, your school, whatever you have to do, uh, Preparing yourself, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, fixing your food, getting your coffee, whatever. But you got to get up. I don't know too many people's getting breakfast in bed anymore. You got to get up. We tell our kids, hey, it's time to get up because it's time to start. It's time to get moving. It's time to get going. We, well, sometimes we lay down because we're exhausted. Sometimes we, we lie down because we feel like giving up. Sometimes we just feel like quitting. And if I can just shut my eyes and go to sleep, maybe I'll dream of something else. But eventually you're going to have to get up. And it happens like that in anything we do that we try to do. If we reach out and try to be the best at what we can be, hey, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to slip. We're going to slide. We're going to fall sometime. But, but man... Falling, I've said this before, falling does not have to be final. And that's a fact. That when we fall, that does not have to be final. Let me, let me just say this. Jesus never gave us a problem, a promise that we wouldn't fall. Now, I know that the scripture says, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Yes, he is able to keep you from falling, but he never said you would never fall. And there was never a promise saying that you would never fall. But there was provision given for when we do. So when we do, we get up, we get it right, and we get going again. You don't stay down. You get up because God does not intend on you staying down. He intends on you getting up. 
He wants you to get up, get going, get it right, and try again. And guess what? He will be there with you every time. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I know I've preached this so many times, but I could not get away from it this evening. And uh, this scripture that uh, tells us this, that God orders our steps, and he delighteth in his way. Uh, well, I can say that that can go both ways and apply to both because I believe that God delights in the way that he orders for us because he knows that's the way we ought to go. And you will find no greater delight than when you walk in the way that God has ordered for you to walk. When you start turning to the left and to the right or getting out of his will or getting out of his way, that's where you will find trouble plenty. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard, and when we begin to walk contrary to the way that God has laid out for us, we will find trouble uh, at every turn. But here it says, when we are walking in God's ordered steps, the way that he wants us to go, we may fall. We will fall, though he fall. There is an expectation in there of us falling. Because God knows who we are. He knew that his disciples, uh, as much as they loved him and as right as they wanted to be, would fall. He knew that Peter, even though he would deny it to the end, I will not forsake you. I will go to the death with you. He said, Peter, I know that before this rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. Won't never happen, Lord. Peter was so sure about it, he would cut a man's ear off with a sword trying to protect the Lord. But uh, that, that was not what God wanted him to do. And, and listen, you can do a lot of drastic uh, things to try to prove who you are and where you are, but that doesn't mean you won't fall. <laughs> and as much as Peter tried and tried to prove, no, I'm here for you, I'm going to fight for you, it was still coming, the fall was still coming. But the Lord had already told him, you're going to be sifted as wheat, Peter, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. I, I, I pray that what got you here won't depart from you, that you won't let go of what got you here. And that's the thing, is when we fall, walking, serving God, just like I was talking about Daniel, he ended up in a den of lions just by doing what he was supposed to be doing. This was where God had him in this land, and this is where he was in this captivity. And he was uh, just serving the Lord, praying three times a day, found himself in a den of lions. But he did not forget the God that he served. He did not blame God or point his finger at God. He did not charge God and, and say, you know, uh, if this is the kind of thanks I get for serving you, then you could just uh, forget me praying anymore, anything like that. He knew that I must stay with God. I must believe him to be delivered. And so when we fall, uh, we shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Uh, God's uh, intending on getting us back to a place where we should be serving him. And so I don't want to forget where my help comes from. Though I fall, uh, the Lord is still upholding me with his hand. He does not withdraw his hand when I fall. We, we think, well, I fell because God took his hand off of me. No, we, we fall on our own. I've, I've uh, held my children before when they were learning to walk, and they fell while I was holding their hand. And I dragged them for a couple of steps because I didn't realize, oh, you know. But 
Sometimes we feel like God's dragging us, but, um, but hey, listen, God's going to hold you up and keep you where you need to be. You're going to fall sometime. Just go ahead and swallow that hard pill. You're going to fall sometime, and that's that human nature. Our, our human nature is just by design just wants to fall. Sure, we should strive every day not to fall. Uh, hey, I'm a grown man. I, I do my best to never trip and fall. The older I get, especially, I don't want to trip and fall. It, it's, a, you know, it's a lot harder on you, when you the older you get when you fall. I don't want to break anything. I don't, I don't need a hip replacement or, or knee surgery or nothing like that at this age. I just want to keep walking and not fall. Uh, I don't want that to happen. So uh, I believe in our walk with God. We should strive every day to never fall. We should do our best. And, and we think about well, falling as, well, I murdered somebody. Well, no, falling is not as drastic as all that. Sometimes you, sometimes you fall walking upstairs. You know, sometimes you fall, especially if you're the president, but sometimes you fall going downstairs. Uh, sometimes you fall over the curb, you know. Sometimes you ever tripped on something very small, something or or just not paying attention. You you just fall. and But sometimes you fall, people fall off a cliff. That's a bad fall. That's, you know, but... But every fall is not going to be off the cliff. Sometimes it's, it's just that slip up, that mistake, that, you know, that hasty word that came out of your mouth and, or that thought that went through your head or that, you know, that action you took for something, you know, you, that reaction you had to a situation. You just, you know, you, let me tell you, when you're in a place you know, where, man, everything is going great, Man, I'm just worshiping the Lord, and I'm praying every day, and everything's going right, and God's doing this. Man, there's a lot of stuff you never even notice. But when you're already fighting a battle, that's where the little thing will get you sometimes because you're you're so wound up or you're so frustrated already, and, and then that little big thing happens, but then we think it's so big because we've tried so hard not to fail God. And so one little thing, we're like, okay, that's it. I'm just giving up, but I'm not going to give up. And God doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to remember, when you fall, I have not withdrawn my hand. You are not utterly cast down because my hand is still there to hold you. Now, if he ever withdraws his hand, God help us uh, that we have no hope. But, but here's the thing. I got to thinking about that. He said we would fall, but his hand is still there. And so I, rem- I know that the Lord said that no man can pluck them out of my hand. That you're giving. I'm glad that I'm in his hand. I'm glad that's where the promise is at. Uh, you know, and if I fall, I've said this before, when I fall, I feel like I fall in his hand. Because he's gonna let he's gonna let you hit. Because you're gonna have to feel what it's like. You need to know, hey, this ain't where I want to be. But you also gotta remember that's not where God wants you to be. When we fall, and if we really love God and we're really trying, we know. This is not where I want to be. And here's the big secret. That's not where God wants you to be either. Sometimes we think, well, God's going, "Uh uh-huh, that's what you get. Well, that is what we get sometimes, but that's not what God's sitting around thinking. God's like, it's time to get up. It's time for you to get back on the path. It's time for you to get up, get it right, and then get going. Uh, You need to uh, get your positioning back where you need to be.
there's a great story uh, in Scripture that I, I, I usually uh, read um, in Joshua. Joshua was a, you know, he, he comes in to take over leading Israel after that Moses has gone on. And now it's his uh, mission, his uh, calling. He has been placed in charge. He is the one that will lead Israel into the promised land. And so Joshua takes Israel into the promised land. They win a great battle, a great victory over Jericho. You know, we, you know about Jericho marching around the walls and the walls falling down flat. Just a, a, a miracle of God that happened that gave them great victory. But there were some commandments that God gave in that, uh, in that, for that battle that they were supposed to abide by. And, um, but they did not abide by it. At least one person didn't. And sometimes we think, well, man, it's a shame that one person could mess up and it affected everybody. But uh, in that day, when God talked to one, he talked to all. They were all part of the army. They were all part of that people. And so if one person, one person was Israel, and if one person uh, disobeyed God and what he said, then it would affect everybody. So what had happened was in that battle, uh, there was a trespass committed. In Joshua uh, 7, um, and then I'm just going to start in verse 1, it says, The children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. He took the accursed thing. So God had told them, you're going to win this victory, but don't take these things that don't take the spoil. Don't get caught up with the things that are in here. Uh, they'll, this is what it's going to I'm going to give you victory, but it's going to be the way I describe it and the way I prescribe it. And you don't get to decide, hey, he gave me victory. I can now do what I want to do. He said, don't take it. But he did. He took up the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon on the east of Bethel, spake unto them. He said, Go up, view the country. The men went up and viewed Adi. They returned to Joshua and said, Don't let all the people go up. Only two or 3,000 men go up, smite Ai, and don't make all the people labor, for they are just a few people. So they went up uh, to the people of Ai, about 3,000. But when they got there, the men of Ai began to win the battle, and they fled before the men of Ai. In verse 5 it says, The men of Ai smote them, about 30 and 6 men. They chased him from before the gate, even under Shabaram, smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted, and they became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes, fell on the earth upon his face. He fell, fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord. Until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us in the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Now, let me say something here. He's in the promised land. And a bad day in the promise is better than any day without it. <laughs> and, but Joshua is in a fix. He's in a mess. He's, he's the leader. And now the second battle in against some little bitty uh, person that shouldn't have done anything to them. They lost. You know, the Bible said that because of the victory of Jericho that their fame was going out through all the country. So, you know, they were they knew, hey, look what God's doing. Look how he's uh, winning these great big battles for us, uh, delivering these people into our hands. And now uh, this little bitty people has killed 36 of our men and caused us to run, chased us out. 
And so, you know, you know, did you call us over here to destroy us? Listen, God has not saved you to destroy you. And there is nothing that you will face that God has ordained, so hey, let that destroy them. The Bible says we're going to have trials of our faith that are more precious than gold that perishes. Peter said, think it not strange, the fiery trial that is to try you, like some strange thing happened unto you. And so, but in this case, uh, Joshua, instead of saying, okay, let's look and see what happened here, automatically goes to God and says, why have you brought us here to destroy us? Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns their backs before their enemies? And then he begins to say the enemies of the land will hear it and uh, shall come around us and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do unto your great name? And the Lord said this unto Joshua, get thee up. In verse 10, that was his answer, get thee up. And then he questioned Joshua, why are you lying thus upon thy face? And that means, why are you laying on your face in this manner? It is one thing to lay before the Lord on your face in prayer and uh, to seek God in prayers and in fastings and things like that, but to lay on your face uh, in despair as if God has forsaken you. God does not understand. Uh, he's trying to, uh, of course, he, God knows everything, but he's trying to let Joshua know, I do not understand what you're doing on your face right now, Joshua. I don't understand why you would think that I would bring you out of Egypt through the Red Sea, keep you for 40 years wandering in the wilderness, bring you into the promised land, give you Jericho, and then let this little bit of people defeat you. You're not thinking about who I am, Joshua. You're not thinking about who you belong to. You're not thinking about what I said uh, for my people. We need to remember what God has promised us, that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. And that doesn't just mean for ministry and things of that nature. When God calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light, that is a promise. Yeah, it is. When God fills us with the Holy Ghost and washes away our sins in Jesus' name, that is the fulfilling of promise. That is a calling. He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we may never stand behind the pulpit. We may never travel to another country or we may never preach in another church. But we may just simply be, uh, you know, a precious, wonderful, spirit-filled saint of God. But that is a calling. Called to be saints, called to be servants. And we may just be servants in the kingdom, but I shouldn't even say just servants. We, we may be called to be servants because what an honor to be a servant in the house of the Lord. One man said, I'd, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. And, and so I, I, what a privilege it is to be called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And when God calls us, we need to remember that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God does not want to disown you. He does not want to push you aside because you have fallen, because you made a mistake, because you slipped up. He wants you to get up. He, he'll have an answer. Get up. Well, Joshua can later say, I can't get up. It'll be like that commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up. But you can get up. You, you, you can, now, you can choose to lay there. But if God says get up, that's just like saying, come on, Peter, walk on water. It's going to happen. If the Lord says get up, it's just like when he told that man, take up your bed and walk. 
And he got up and took up his bed and walked. It, it, when, when that command, that authority, that voice comes from the Lord, you can do exactly what it said if you believe it and if you will receive it. And so I don't care how bad we mess up. If God says, get up, then get up. Get up, get it right, and then get going again because it's not the Lord's will, the Scripture, that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. You know what repentance is? He's saying return to where you were before. Come back to where you were with me before. Get up. Why are you laying like this on your face, crying like I can't do anything? Crying like I can't deliver you? Crying like I can't strengthen you? Do you have you forgotten all that I've already done? I didn't bring you this far to watch you be defeated by this little bitty, by anybody. By anybody. He says, then he, he explains it. Israel, in verse 11, he says, Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. They took of the accursed thing, stolen, dissembled also, and put it among their own stuff. They took what I said don't take. They did what I said not to do. And that's why you have found yourself in this mess. But if you will get up and remove uh, this accursed thing, he, he says it in verse 12. He said, if you will remove the accursed thing from you, then we're going to be fine. We're going to get back to business. But you've got to, you can't just walk in your own ways because that's going to be a, a, an error. You can't just keep doing what you want to do. That's going to be wrong. You've got to follow the Lord, serve the Lord, live for him. But when we do that, now we've got hope and help when we fall. And so the Lord's laying it out before him. The children of Israel, they could not stand before the enemy. You'll never stand before your enemy when you're trying to do your own thing. Israel let go of their consecration. You know what consecration is? That adherence to the word of God. That's what consecration is. That's that keeping with the word of God. And when we start letting, you know, it was a garment. It was a little wedge of silver. It was just, it was just in the grand scheme of things of what they could have stolen. It was just one guy with one little stash. Why should 36 men have to die because of that? Why should Israel be beaten because of that? You know, sometimes we say, oh, it's just this one little thing, Lord. I'm telling you, if it's one little thing that the Lord don't like, you're setting yourself up for a fall. But I hope that if you fall, and I hope that when you fall, that you hear the Lord saying, get up. Get up. Get back to doing what you're supposed to do. We, we don't understand sometimes, Lord, how did this happen? What will people say? All these people that have prayed for me and loved me and talked to me and helped me or, you know, or my church people, what will they say? Well, I hope they'll say, I love you and get, get up. I hope they'll say the same thing the Lord said. Get up. Come on, get up. Yeah, just sometimes, you know, sometimes I think the Lord says it with a little aggravated tone. I, think, I don't think it was like, oh, Joshua, get up, baby. I'm, I'm sure it's more like, would you get up? Why are you lying here like this? What are you doing? Do what I said. Obey my words. You're going to be fine. We're going to go back in. We're going to defeat this enemy. We're going to take care of this enemy. I will be with you. I'm going to be there with you. And so I want to make sure that when I fall, I understand that this is not where God wants me. He does not intend on me. God doesn't intend on me to fail. 
when you get up, you're, you are as opposite of fallen as you can be. God wants your direction. He wants your location to be changed. Don't stay down here, but get back up here. Change your geographical location. Be as uh, far away from falling as possible. Deuteronomy 28, he said that the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. We used to be the tail. Yeah, but he made us the head. He said, you shall be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. We used to be beneath, but now he's moved us into that place. He said, this is where you stay if you hearken to the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you this day to observe and to do them. The, uh, Paul wrote that he has raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The psalmist said in Psalm 40 and 2, he brought me up also out. Brought me up and he brought me out. That's what we was preaching Sunday, wasn't it? Get up, get out. He, he, he brought me up so I could go out of a horrible pit. God reached down. Instead of leaving me in a horrible place, he got me out of a horrible place. He got me up and he got me out. He got me out of the mire, the miry clay, and set my feet on a rock and established my going. Listen, there's nothing worse than being stuck. There's nothing worse than, I don't know if you've ever been out four-wheeling and with trucks, and I'm not just talking about riding on dirt roads. I'm talking about going through stuff, and all of a sudden you bottom out, and your truck ain't going nowhere. It is in a horrible pit. It is in a miry clay, and when you get out trying to dig it out, now you're stuck in the miry clay. You wish you had a rock that you're so you could get some traction and you could get out of there. You're looking for something solid to try to stick under that wheel so you can get out of there. You want out of that. But, hey, I don't know many people that would just leave their truck because it's stuck, but they're going to do whatever they can to get it out. And let me tell you, God's not going to leave us stuck. He wants us to get out. Peter said that we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, sometimes, you know what? The light goes out. We, we find ourselves back in the darkness again. And guess what? His voice is still calling. He still calls to those that are in the darkness. And he calls to those who have found themselves in the, back in the darkness. When we, uh, you know, weeping may endure for a night. Night and day comes to us all. It happens. And that time of weeping, that time of mourning, that time of sorrow and trouble, it, it comes to us all, but the, the morning's coming. But God will call us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When you fall, and you will, I preached years ago, it happens to the best of us. And we have, you know, you ever had somebody that you just set them up here so high? And man, all of a sudden you find out they made this terrible mistake. And you're just like, wow, it's so devastating. Why? They're human. 
They're flesh and blood. They, they, they're going to go through things just like anybody. Just because they're a celebrity doesn't mean they're not going to make mistakes. Just because they're the president doesn't mean they won't make mistakes. Just because, you know, man, years ago, big televangelists, different ones, they were dropping left and right. They were scandals coming out. They found out about, you know, they got thousands, millions of followers, and all of a sudden they found out that they've been doing this, that behind closed doors, and all these people are just quitting God because of it. It's awful. It's terrible. Because they act like why they, they should never fall. But they might. But they can still get back up. And that's the thing, is it whatever we do, it's it's not about uh, everybody else. It's about what does God want for me? He wants me, he wants you to get back up. He wants you to realize that you may have fallen, but you're still in my hand. I have not withdrawn my hand from you. I'm glad that God does not pull back his hand from me. God will chasten us. He will correct us. And, and there are times where uh, we need correction. I, God, I don't want him to ever not correct me. Correct my course. If I'm getting off course, then get me back straightened out. I, I, above all else, I must be saved, the old song said. That I've got to be saved. But what I realize is that if God has ordered something, he intends on it being carried out. And if God has ordered my steps, that means God has a plan for me. And it also means he has a place for me and he has a position that I should be in. And it will always be a direct opposite of my location without him or when I disobey his word. He wants us back in the right position. That's why he told Joshua, get thee up. Because Joshua, I have a plan for you. And Joshua, I have a place for you. And Joshua, I have a position for you. And you can't do anything laying on your face in the dirt. Not crying and wailing and acting like I'm not here. That's not going to do anything. You have got to get up and lead. You've got to get up and take this land. You've got to get up and do what you are supposed to do. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to trust God with that, with our life. We're so hard on ourselves and so quick to, to cut ourselves off. And uh, one, one writer said, For I said in my haste that I am cut off from before you. But he said that in haste. And that's what happens to us a lot of times. There's an old saying that says, Haste makes waste. That means a lot of times when you get in a hurry, you'll spill something, you'll break something, in, and you end up uh, making. And that's what happens when you just decide so quick. As soon as you fall, that's it. God's done with me. I ain't going back to church. You just cut yourself off. And in your haste, you have, you have cut God. You know, God's able to help you and get you up. But when you walk away from him, what can he do? Except say, hey, come back. Come back. Come back. Ezekiel 18 and 32, the Lord said, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth. Now, he's talking about people who have sinned and gone against his word. He said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. That's what he says. But he says, even though that is the rule, that's the law, that's my word, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. He says, wherefore, Turn yourself and live. In other words, I will give you an answer even in the darkest of times, in the worst of situations. Turn yourself and live. 
See, we think, well, I, I, I've gotten in this mess. I, I've walked on this road, and I guess I'm just going to have to keep going on it. But God said, you don't have to. You can turn yourself and live. You can, you can come back to me. You can return uh, to me and do what you're supposed to do, and you will live. God would rather you live than die. God would rather that you live than die. And I'm not just talking about in a, a natural sense because it is appointed unto man once to die. If we all live long enough and the Lord tarries, we're going to see that come to us. I'm talking about in, for eternity, that eternal life, this, and, and living for him. This, this life that you have for him does not have to end. Because God wants you to live. When he spoke to his backslidden people in Jeremiah chapter 3, three different times the Lord says, return to me, return to me, return to me. He knows what they've done. He knows that they've turned their back on him. He knows that they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. But instead of getting rid of them, come back. Get back to the position that I want you to be in. Remember the gifts and calling he knows they're going to be my people. Oh, they, they're hard-hearted, stiff-necked, rebellious, doing all kinds of things, but they're still my people. I, I, you know, we, we, we have people in our lives like that. We can have children in our lives like that. You know, oh, they're pain. They're aggravating. They're acting up. They're showing out, but they're still mine. Still mine. And so uh, I can whoop on them, but nobody else can. You know, it's, that's the way it is. And that's what God's like. I'll take care of them. Nobody else gets to. I'm, I'm going to take, take care of them. So get back to the position that God wants you in. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God is not done with us when we fall. If you ever say, well, God said God's done with me, quit lying to yourself. You're just lying to yourself. If God has not woke you up, looked you in the eye and said, hey, I'm done with you. He ain't done with you. And I, I, I feel like this, that is in this time of grace and mercy that is still extended and his long suffering is still in this world today, that he's not going to say that. That he's not going to look at you and say, hey, I'm done with you. I'm tired of it. I, I, you know, he, if he told Peter, when Peter said, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone who offends me? Seven times? He said, not seven, but 70 times seven. You know, he's just, and, and, but this, the thing is, is he's not really trying to give a number. He's trying to let you see, look, because he knows in the human mind, no, sir, I'm not doing that. That's way too many. But see, that's, what he's trying to say is there's no limit on it, is that as often as they will ask, forgive them. And that's what the Lord does. There's no, you're not, oh, I only got two more chances with the Lord. No, you got plenty of chances. You got more chances than you'll ever be able to give him thanks for because God's going to always be there being God. He's going to always be God. He's going to always love you. He's going to always keep you. He's going to always take care of you. He's going to always be ready to meet you. Just like, I don't know how many days the, the, in the story, you know, we read the prodigal son. We, there's no timeline really given, but, uh, you know, how many days was that child gone? How many stories did the father hear? Because the brother had heard what he was doing. I'm sure the father had heard as well. He's out there wasting his, all of his inheritance. He's, he's spending all, he's blowing it, you know, in a lot of horrible things and, and just 
doing terrible, awful things. He's, he's man, hurting our family name. He's doing all these things. And, but how many days was it just a coincidence that that day the father happened to see him coming down the road? I think not. I think that every day the father kept his eyes trained on that road. I'm just waiting for him to come. And when I see him, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run to him. I'm going to make sure I meet him as he's coming. If he starts coming to me, I'm going to make sure I get to him. And when he, you know, just I love it so much because here's the son. Oh, I'm not even worthy to be your son. Just let me be a servant. And, and you know, the, the father's like, man, that's nonsense. And, and he proves it by taking that ring off and putting that ring back on his finger. And he's like, put some shoes on his feet and take the best robe and put it. Do you want him to take a bath first? No, no, he don't take a bath. He said, put my best robe on him. Oh, he smells. Yeah, he does. Put my robe on him anyway because I want to cover him and then I'm going to bring him home. And, and uh, so when, when they put that robe over, everybody couldn't see uh, what the world had done to him. They couldn't tell what he'd done. They couldn't look at it, how bad his feet were because he had shoes on his feet now. And, and uh, you know, he, he helped him with his walk. He helped him. And, and when he walked in above everything, oh, he's wearing that ring. He's wearing that sign, that signet, that this he belonged, that this is my son. Even in case anybody's wondering, he said, this is my son that was dead, but he is alive again. And, and so, uh, see, that's what God does. The, the son fell, but he had a place. The, the father never withdrew his hand from him. He was always waiting with outstretched arms, waiting for him to make that way back. And, and that's what God wants us to do, just return to me get up get it right and get going again get doing what God wants you to do get back to doing what we were called to do and you won't be alone when you do that you'll be you'll be right back where you need to be with the father but God wondered about Joshua why are you laying down instead of getting it right why do we just lay around instead of getting it right when we feel like that just get up and get it right don't don't prolong it. The longer you wait, you know, Joshua could have said, hey, he could have took off his leadership coat or whatever he wore and said, hey, I'm passing the mantle. Man, I'm getting out of here. This is tough. I'm just going back somewhere and live. But instead, he listened to what God said, and he, he got it right. They found out where the accursed thing was. They got it out of the camp. Then they went back to that thing that beat them, and they beat it. God will give you victory. You, know, you, you might stumble over it once, but if you'll get it right with God, you'll get over it. That thing that knocked me flat, well, we went back. Guess what? With God's blessing, and we took it out. We won this time. God doesn't just want you to listen. He don't want you to just look right. He wants you to be right. He wants you to be right. And, and so when we fall, he doesn't walk away, turn his back or ignore us. He just says, hey, get up, and let's go get the victory. God wants you to be victorious. He wants you to have the victory. There's another scripture that uh, we talk about often in, in this falling things that we do, but Micah 7 and 7 through 10, he said, therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. What a promise. I might fall, but I'm not falling. When something is falling, you, you, 
use that term. We talk about fallen soldiers. They they died in battle, or or like fallen angels. They've been kicked out, and there's no hope of their return. And and so we may fall, but we're not fallen. Uh uh-uh. uh. We're we're not without hope. We're, he said, "When I fall, I shall arise." I, I've got a, a a declaration of faith. I need to make when I fall. He's, he's saying, "There's an expectation." Hey, enemy, you might trip me up every once in a while. I may fall, but when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Oh, come on, man. I tell you, I'm thankful that it doesn't matter how dark it gets. I've got the Lord, and the Lord shall be a light. You know, that's going to give me some revelation. The Bible says that his word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. And so I'm going to tell you, when you fall, there's a word. That'll get you back up. Just like a word came from the Lord to Joshua, get up. There'll be a word come to you. Get up. Get up. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Listen, God's going to take care of you. We, 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 we fall. Sometimes it's tough. I, I, I fail, but I'm not falling. And hey, I fall, but I'm not forsaken. God's going to be there with me. His word is light. Let that, let that word pick you up. Let it turn you around. Let it get you back where you need to be. Get me back to the light. In verse 10, he said, uh, when the, the enemy sees this, then she that is my enemy shall see it, and shame shall cover her which said unto me, where is the Lord thy God? My eyes shall behold her now. Now she shall be trodden down as mire in the streets. In other words, listen, our testimony of, of getting back up is going to put the enemy to shame. They're going to, they're, they're going to be like, oh, you know, I, I thought I had them. I, I'm sure, that, you know, listen, the enemy was shamed when Peter got back up. The enemy was shamed when he kept going. When he stood up and, and, and preached on that day of Pentecost, I really thought if I got him to deny the Lord, hmm. We, we would get him, but guess what? You didn't get him. He, he, his faith didn't fail. Yeah, he made mistakes. It was heartbreaking to him. It was heartbreaking to the Lord. But guess what? He still got up, and he still got it right, and he still got going, and he did exactly what Jesus had called him out to do, to take those keys to the kingdom and open it up for the world, get the world uh, the message of salvation, and that's what he did. All, 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 so many times people that, that fail got back up. David failed, but he got back up. It happened. It, was just, it, it happened in their walk, in their life. David made terrible mistakes, but he got up because I've said this so many times. I said, listen, I, I might fall. I might make some terrible mistakes, but I've never done anything so bad that it made me want to quit living for God. I've ne- you know, there's nothing that erases the joy that God has given me. And, and I may be ashamed and I, I may be embarrassed and I may be humiliated and I may just feel awful for what I have done. But I have never one time said, whoo, that was just so bad I think I'll quit serving God. No, sir, because I know that there is no hope without him, that there is no salvation without him. And so uh, the Lord delights in mercy. Uh, Micah 7 and 18 said, Who is a God like unto thee? Listen to this now. Who is a God like unto thee that pardons iniquity, passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. 
Oh, my goodness. You hear, don't, don't ever think God's hard. God is love. God is true. God is righteous. He is holy. Uh, he is merciful. If he is anything, he is merciful. He is full of mercy. His mercy is new every morning. The mercy of the Lord, the scripture says, endureth forever. It will, the mercy of the Lord will long outlast your stubbornness. It'll long outlast the memory of your failures because his mercy endures forever. And, and so I'm thankful that now that's the God you serve. You hear what I'm saying? That's the God who said, I uphold them with my hand. I don't withdraw my hand. That's that God. That's why when we fall, we're not utterly cast down because the hand of mercy is there to lift us back up. And, and if we'll get up, you know, uh, you know, I know a lot of kids that uh, when we were teaching them to walk when they were little, they, they, they stumble and fall. They never said, that's it, I'm just crawling from now on. No more trying this. Oh, no. They, they're going to do it and, and fall a bunch of times as they're getting their balance. Sometimes they, they walk. You know, they take two steps, they fall. Take two steps, they fall. Take three steps the next day. Hey, they went a little far. Then before you know it, they're walking around the room before they fall. And, and they're always getting a little farther. But the reason that they're getting better and better is because they keep getting up. So just keep getting up. It'll get better and better. You'll get further the next time. You don't, you don't have to get up and go all the way back to the beginning. If you're running a race and you've got a starting line and a finish line, if you fall halfway down the track, you don't have to go back to the starting line and then take off running. You get up where you are and you take off running. You get right there, right where you fail, right where you just fail and in front of everybody and everybody got a picture of it and everybody saw it and man your shirt flew up over your head your shoe flew it, it was just as humiliating as it could be everybody saw it it's in sports illustrated it's on the news all it's all around the world but then but what about the second part of the story but then they got up and they started running and they passed and they won the race. They failed, but they won. Listen, we're going to win the race. The Bible says they that run in a race run all, but one receives a prize. And so we're going, to, we're going to win. We know that's us. But how many times have we fallen on this race? But we just got back up, dusted off, and took off running again. I've seen that happen in the natural. I've seen Olympic runners that, uh, that you know, they, they train for years and years, and then they finally, here comes the Olympics, whatever it is. They, they're running in the race. This is their race. This is the one that they are designed for. This is the one they work for. They're, they're going and going, and, man, they stumble and trip and fall. But they don't just stay there. They don't just stay on the ground and just... That's it. Somebody come get me. That's it. I'm just going to... They get up, and they take off, and I've watched them because they have the ability in them to do it. They catch the pack, and then they start weaving through there, and they make it right, and finally they're back in the lead again, and they win the race. And they're standing there with it, being interviewed, and their elbows are scraped up, and they got uh, chalk all over them where they fell and hit them. In. They, they're covered up and stuff, but, but they won. And we're going to win because we just keep going. We keep getting up, and we keep on going. We're going to make it. So again, the Lord never promised we wouldn't fall. He just said there'll be provision when you fall. 
there's a promise where you fall and a hand. You can stand with me tonight, a hand to, to lift you up. Joshua fell down in the promised land. Well, when we fall down, we fall down in the promise of his word. The promise is greater than your problem. Yeah. The promise is greater than your fall. So don't stay down. Get up. Don't stay down. Get up. Oh, but it's hard. Yeah, it is hard sometimes, but get up. Because what's the alternative? Are you going to quit? Can't do that. We can't give up. We can't surrender. We can't quit. We can't back off. We, we've got to finish this thing. We've got to be like Paul and say, I finished my course. I kept the faith. Kept on going. While she's playing tonight, if you would love to tonight, just come find your place in the altar. Pray for a few moments and thank the Lord tonight that he can help you get back up. Maybe you feel like you're on your face right now. Well, come and find your place in this altar tonight and get back up. Get back to where God wants you to be. Get up, get it right, and get going.
Won't we just give him one more hand clap and a shout of praise in this house tonight? There's a miracle coming. Hang in there. There's a miracle coming. God's going to make a way. There's going to be a victory. You know, you could preach so many messages from that. You could, from Joshua and what happened. You could victory after the fall. There's going to be a victory after that fall. God, God, God's ready to give you the victory. So let's take it. Let's take what God's got for us. Amen. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. So great to see you. Hope you'll be here Sunday. Going to be a great time in Jesus' name. God bless every one of you.